Hi, this is Andy Turner, MD of Soroffect Sports, proud supplier of all the merchandise for five-star imports and fourth and inches podcast. Please check out our website out silverfx.co.uk where you'll find plenty NFL UK fan clubs and lots of other different podcast merchandise we do. Please check it out guys. Welcome to the fourth and inches podcast with your hosts Stuart Love, Sukdeep Puni and Ryan Hi everyone, welcome to the 4th and Inches podcast. We are back, we've had a nice break. Obviously, Suk hasn't had a break because it's non-stop now with the college show, which has actually taken a front in the network due to, obviously, the draft that's coming up. But it's great to be back. We are now going to be back, sorry, every Wednesday, Thursday, but that can change, obviously, because there's no NFL games. We can be more flexible in terms of the way the show is going. Um, it's great to have you guys back, Suk and Ryan. Suk, how are you doing, my man? I'm all right. We recorded last week, didn't we? I don't think we did. I think it was the week before. No, it was the week before. before. Really? It was the week before. Yeah. Yes. My word. I didn't even realise that. Yeah. Because, uh, obviously, the, the college show has taken, obviously, a forefront, which... I'm going to just put it in there right now. The show is absolutely amazing. We just released it earlier today, the tight end um, special. Suit, that must have been a good show to record. Yeah, it was great. Um, went a lot longer than we anticipated, to be honest, when there's not much... I mean, I won't spoil it for the listeners out there, but obviously, you, you know, as you're aware, there's only sort of one sort of top-tier tight end in this year's draft, and the rest, you know, are sort of uh, middle of the road. And then you've got, even after that, after two and three, you've got an even lower end of tight end. So there wasn't, we didn't anticipate us to talk too much about the, uh, the times, but yeah, it went on for a, over an hour. In um, gives you a bit of an insight and yeah, it was, it was great talking about some of the film that we watched with some of these players. Well, that's amazing. I mean, Ryan, it's good to have you back on. How's the last few weeks been for yourself, buddy? About the same as the last 52 <laughs> weeks before it, I think. <laughs> <laughs> It's all merging into one, Stuart. I don't know what's happening anymore. Now, I, I do want to say, Ryan, obviously, for our listeners, everything's been really big at the moment. Obviously, I've got the posh filter on at the moment. There has been a lot of stuff going on with Harry and Meghan um, and a lot of stuff going on with the royal family. Do you know anything that's going on at Buckingham Palace? Because I do know that, obviously, with, with the posh filter being on now, you sound a bit normal, but you are from that sort of background. Um, how did you feel about that interview? Did there anything... Touch you. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I lost a few inside sources when, when Harry and Meghan left and went back to America. But um, yeah, we're touching base every now and again. We'll see what. Honestly, I literally grew up in one of the roughest parts of the. <laughs> <laughs> what was that, Greenwich? <laughs> <laughs> the Greenwich Green Street Posse. Like, do you ever watch WWE? Like, the Greenwich. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Definitely, 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 yes. definitely. <laughs> Oh, oh my god! Seriously. 
let's get back to normality. <laughs> anyway, I've been a massive fan of the Last Chance You series. Um, and I'm Do you not want to ask me about the Royal I'm... Family, Stuart? What was that, buddy? Do you not want to ask me about the Royal Family? Oh, what, what do you think about the royal family? Mate, be, being an Indian, like, come on, man, this is, like, normal. Like, you know, we, we we can relate to the royal family more than anyone, to be honest. And for me, um, personally, I'm not I'm not the biggest Meghan Markle fan, to be honest with you. I think she's a... I think she is a bit of a conniving woman, um, and I think she's led poor Harry astray, but I also don't agree with... Piers Morgan's antics as well oh, over the course dude. of the last few weeks and months. I think I put it on social media that he's literally been bullying Paul Megan uh, week in, week out. And I think he just took it a step too far this week. And that's not cool, Piers. And, you know, he, he being someone who, you know, is a patron for mental health, at the end of the day, he should be in no position to be supporting people with mental health issues. But given the fact what Megan Markle has said, whether or not he chooses to believe it or not, I think we just have to respect that. And he should have just, I think he just went a bit too far. So, Of course, I yeah. mean, and, and, and Good Morning Breakfast, the show, obviously they're massively behind um, mm. mental health and they, they're big into that sort of charity side of things. And you can see for such a long time that he was really, really individually picking on her. Um, so I agreed 100%. I mean, I, I thought mm. it was just wonderful when he just got up and mm. walked out the door and I was like, you know, good riddance to that because that's, he's, he's just got such a negative impact on media as a whole, not just social media, yeah, but definitely. his presence as a whole just brings down, you know, just everyone. And, 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 and obviously we're involved in social media. We're doing a podcast. We're putting ourselves out there. And it's it's disheartening at times. And we experienced this last year, you know, with Dennis Moss and, you know, the whole Black Lives oh, Matter movement. Dropped. He name dropped. <laughs> I had to do it because that, that guy was yeah. horrendous. And, and yeah. he was very much like a Piers Morgan type of character, you know, trying to be very no, no, influential. No, that, that's and... not, no, I mean, no, no. I mean, Piers Morgan is not, he's not a racist or anything like that. I get what you're saying. He's probably that kind of character in the sense Absolutely. of trying to yeah. get people, um, you know, rattled yeah. up. And, and, you know, at the end, they, with Piers Morgan, let's not forget, he's the guy who was phone Hacker. hacking. Yeah. Mm. One of the worst things. pictures of soldiers on the front of the Daily Mirror, that sort of stuff. Uh, I don't know how yeah. he's ever got another job in media, but... It's a disgrace. Yeah. It really is. It really is. But we are not a political podcast. We're not here. <laughs> but we, also, we, Piers, we... if you ever want to come on the podcast, you're more than welcome. <laughs> and Suk Deep will be happy to conduct that interview because Mr. Love will be nowhere near that. Nope. I'm not going near that one either. <laughs> <laughs> but as I said, we're not a political podcast or anything like that. We respect every religion, gender, race, whether you like football or not, you're always welcome on this podcast. But we are here to talk football and free agency. Now, obviously, we've had a COVID stress 12 months. I mean, if you've seen the news lately, the salary cap has been massively impacted so much so that in 2020, the cap was actually 198 Point two million, and in 2021, it's 185 million. That's actually 25 million pound loss. Now, if you times that by 32, it's 800 million that's taken out the marketplace. I mean, that's absolutely frightening. Now, the deadline um, for our listeners, because obviously I've had a lot of messages just recently how this works in free agency and the salary cap and everything. So, the deadline for the NFL teams to place the franchise or transition tags on prospective free agents has come and gone and clubs around the league had some decisions to make so when you look at it March the 9th was the final day that teams could place the franchise or transition tag tenders on players teams can still work out a long-term deal with the tag players through to round about mid-July 
Um, if an extension isn't worked out by then, the player will play the 2021 season under the one-year tender. Club, obviously, they've got three different options when deciding to tag a player. Now, I've actually had to go and get this research. This is not from the my head or knowledge because this is obviously new to me as well. So I've had to do a bit of research and I've been on Pro Football Focus, the Washington Post and a few other outlets. So thank you so much to them for this information. So basically, when deciding to tag a player, one, it's non-exclusive franchise tag, two, exclusive franchise tag, or three, it's a transition tag. So please bear with me when I try to explain this. So the non-exclusive franchise tag, this is the most commonly used tag in a nutshell. This is a one-year tender of average of the top five salaries at the player's position over the last five years, or 120% of the previous salary, whichever is greater. The player can negotiate with other teams. The player's current team has the right to match any other offer or receive two first-round draft picks as compensation if he signs with another organisation. Now, the exclusive franchise tag is a one-year tender offer of average of the top five salaries at the player's position for the current year, or 120% of his previous salary, which is greater. The player cannot negotiate with another team the rise in pay scale that can be current average salary versus averaging of the previous five years, meaning only a select few get this tag. Usually, players from whom teams would sort of gladly give up two first-round picks will receive this version of the tag. Generally, like quarterbacks, that Prescott obviously got last obviously season to get that exclusive, and we'll obviously speak about that just in a little bit. Now, the transition tag, the transition designation is a one-year tender offer for the average of the top 10 salaries at the position, as opposed to the top five of the franchise tag. It guarantees the original club the right of first refusal to match any offer the player might receive from another club. The tagging team is awarded no compensation if it chooses not to match a deal. The transition tag is generally a placeholder giving the club the ability to match any contract the player negotiations with another team. So, Obviously, we're going into that. So, obviously, players that have now got that. So, we've got Chris Godwin, obviously, wide receiver the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Super Bowl. Hey. Yay! Placed the tag on there. The Pro Bowl receiver caught 65 passes for 184 yards, seven scores during the 2020 regular season and racked up 16 catches. Godwin is obviously now going to get about 59.83 million on the tag. We've now got Marcus Mayer, safety, New York Jets. You've got Taylor, uh, Moten, um of the Carolina Panthers, you've got who we're going to talk about, that Prescott, um, which is an incredible one. Um, you've got Alan Robinson, wide receiver, Chicago Bears. You've got Cam Robinson um, of the Jags. You've got Brandon, chef, um, guard of the Washington football team. Justin Simmons, a full safety of the Denver Broncos. And you've got Leonard Williams um, of the New York Giants. Um, obviously, I just wanted to quickly just go over that because a lot of the listeners, and we've got Freddie Harper Davis and a few guys were just unaware about doing that. So I just wanted to go over that before we go into the next segment of the show. But Suk, before we actually break into Dak, Tom Brady, he's done a big one for your team today, buddy. Fantastic. And I mean, we kind of expect it from Tom Brady, um, you know, given the fact that he did that with the Patriots. His sole, um, you know, reason for being, you know, still in the league right now is to win, you know, Super Bowl rings. You know, he's not interested. Oh, of course, he's interested in the money, but he realises you make more money by winning football games. And, you know, 
he he said it from the beginning that he wants to keep the gang together and you know what what he's done today by signing that extension is freed up you know 19 million um fantastic you know with our salary cap which from the, the cost of the actual uh, franchise tag with godwin pretty much covers chris godwin there and it also gives us hope now of you know keeping Shaq barrett um antonio brown rob gronkowski amongst others um you know one you know, on the roster this season. So uh, very much fantastic news uh, for the Bucks. Um, still not sure what's going to happen with Leonard Fournette. There seems to be some talk about him potentially going just by what he's posting on Instagram. Yes. But maybe think that that was that was before Brady had signed the contract. So I don't know whether things can change sort of change yeah. now. But it's exciting, and and you know, at the end of the day, we're, we're good at drafting as well. We have been for the best part of. Uh, the last, you know, two, three years under Jason, like, you know, the last two seasons have been amazing with, you know, sorting out our secondary and then, you know, Worfs and Winfield this season, Devon White. So I'm excited. I'm really excited. Uh, I think out of looking at, for example, when we were talking about the Chiefs, but looking at the players that the Chiefs have released, obviously this week, in terms of Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher, uh, and even, you know, Ramers are all gone. Um, I feel really confident that we're going to be able to push on this season and and go for another, you know, another Lombardi. I, I generally, I generally do. Ryan, on you go, buddy. It's just it's, it's what Tom Brady does. It's what a leader does. He he knows that. Yeah. I mean, how much money do these guys need, really? Like seriously, we're talking about these numbers. I've been looking through over the cap and stuff mm. recently, and it's it's insane. Like Jamal Adams has already made twenty two million dollars in three or four years. Do you really need to re up for another massive contract? How much? How have you got through twenty two million dollars already? You're like twenty four. What is? Why do Why do people need to sign this super massive? I'm the I'm the best paid. I'm the the biggest biggest paid quarterback in the league. Just do what Tom Brady does. Sacrifice a bit of money for your for yourself, which is still ridiculous amounts of money, and put yourself in a good position to win as a team. Not that that's coming I mean, from a personal point of view, <coughs> Russell. Yeah, Russell, of, of course. Russell. I mean. I mean, yeah, but no, sorry, not, sorry, no, sorry. I mean, one thing that really gripes me is obviously NFL UK that I'm part of is people were posting today saying, oh, you know, Tom Brady, the only reason why he takes less and less money is because he's got Gisela. Tom Brady's worth 250 million US dollars. That's not including these endorsements. He doesn't. If you're going to criticize anyone, <laughs> criticize the other NFL quarterbacks for not getting a nice missus. <laughs> it's. But it's crazy, yeah. Gisela might be worth seven, eight hundred million, but Tom Brady alone is worth two hundred and fifty million US dollars plus his endorsements. The guy is not skinny; he's not short of a few no. bob. But what he does do is sacrifices. I mean, Tom Brady could be doing Mahomes money, half a billion, if he really wanted yeah. to, especially in his prime. But he's never done that. He said what he done in. Um, I was going to say Pittsburgh, Jesus <laughs> Christ, you're all, one can only hope. In New England was to make sure he had that defensive line. He had everything. He had the offensive weapons. And now he's doing exactly the same to go for number eight. I mean, Ryan, I mean, it's incredible. I mean, it, it just, to me, it makes sense. Like, that the, you've got a salary cap. There's only a certain amount that could be spent on players per year. Are you really going to take up a massive chunk of that and, you know, downgrade the rest of your team just so you can get paid a few more million dollars. It's, it's still millions of dollars, guys. Millions of dollars. I don't know. I mean, it is. Yep. It is. And like you say, winning yeah, you gives you more. Like, yeah, of course okay, it does. Base salary, base salary, Tom Brady's um, 
may may not be earning as much as your Russell Wilson's, your Sean Watson's, Dak Prescott's, but in terms of a brand, the mm. brand of Tom Brady is worth yeah. so much more, so much more than what these guys are all put together. And why is that? Because he's based on winning, enhancing his brand, TB12. He's got other... He's smart. Ah, oh, they're the ultimate businessmen. The TB12, you watch him signing his contract today and he's using the number seven with all the <laughs> you know the, the Roman numerals going around. Amazing branding. The guy is just such a great businessman. He's a winner. He, and, and even me as a Steelers fan, you know, I just, I've never been able to hate Brady. I, I just always looked at him as being, you know, the ultimate sportsman, the ultimate competitor. And he's always, I mean, I was watching NFL Network about two weeks ago. And what had happened was when he was starting to become really, really popular, he was getting massive adver- advertising, you know, endorsements. And what he said was, I want my guys in this advert as well. And then he actually never took any of the money and allowed these guys to make the money because he wanted it mm. to be, Everyone was involved. Everyone was involved in the Tom Brady world. Everyone was making money. And it just shows that when he's down there, Gronk's coming out of retirement. Antonio Brown wants to come down and play for it. It's just, you know, it's a, it's for me, it's just absolutely phenomenal. But we'll go to the opposite end of the <laughs> spectrum now. And we'll talk about Mr. Dak Prescott. Now, man, did that guy get paid? You can look at it in certain ways, you know. Have the Cowboys done wonders? You know, huge bonus, only $22.5 million against the cap. Never hits $30 million per year for the life of the contract. Who won in this? Is it that or the Cowboys? I'll start with you, Suk, then I'll go straight to you, Ryan. Um, it's a difficult one because I think the Cowboys did need to pay Dak. Um, yeah. I mean, Dak came off having a really, really positive start to the season last year and he was on for some, you know, record-breaking numbers. Uh, the way he had started off, so it's it's a difficult one. It, it, it's going to be one of them risky ones where it, it could fall flat on their face. But for me, I think Dak Prescott is certainly, you know, a top a top ten QB. Um, is he maybe worth that much? Probably not. But it's gonna it's gonna change. I mean, two three years time, you know, the contracts for other QBs are going to go up and up, you know, obviously looking at Russell Wilson's contract to Sean Watson, you know, it's going to all unravel. And it's just a case of whoever's contract's up for renewal first, their their contract's going to be, you know, one of the highest for that position. So um, I think it's, I think it's a win-win for everyone um, given the situation. I think Jerry Jones is going to still build around, you know, Dak Prescott. He's got some really good weapons there. Why change it and try and get someone else in who may not be as effective? Who else is out there really in the free agent market to replace Dak Prescott? There's not really anyone of his caliber, um, you know. And the draft, you're always taking the risk, regardless of what we say about uh, obviously, you know, unless you get the number one pick, really, there's there's no other option. You know, it's not like. You know, you're the Colts and you've got the number one pick of the draft and you can release Peyton Manning and then get Andrew Luck. This is a different yeah. situation there for the Cowboys. So I think all in all, Jerry Jones has done the right thing. Um, it's his kind of player to offer the big contract to. Um, and yeah, I like that Prescott as well, to be honest. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of his. Um, I like the way I wish him all the best. I like the way he shakes his hips, you know, when he's doing his workout. He's just giving it that oh, little, yeah. little that samba, cool. samba shakers, like. And, yeah. and everyone ripped him on social media, and I was like, I like this man. This guy's got a bit of yeah. class, about But yeah, he comes across as really good, and you know, he's, yeah, he's, he's not, he's not kicked to a fuss. And, and Ryan, Ryan will probably talk about, you know, Russell Wilson. I can see the, the stain <laughs> in his voice when, he's, when mentioned. 
Russell Wilson. Um, he, he's not conducting himself in any sort of negative way. Maybe because of the injury, that did have an impact. Maybe he just humbled him a bit, you know. Um, but I, I like what the Cowboys have done. They've stood by their man. Um, he's got his contract. He'll be there at least till he's 31 now. That's some of his best years ahead of him. No, I think... Yeah, I think, and, I think, it, I think and just before I go to Ryan, I'll just go to the Greenwich filter here just to tone it up a bit. Yeah, here we go. Right, over to you, Ryan, just so everyone can How hear can you. How can you guys not say Greenwich properly? What is going on? Greenwich. It doesn't, it doesn't sound natural to me, Greenwich. I don't all suit come on at all either, but okay, that's fine. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think the Cowboys win in this because you can't let. Dak get away because, like Sook said, who else is out there? Who else are you going to sign? Yeah. Okay, you could make a blockbuster trade deal, but I don't think they've got the the weapons to do that. I mean, Dak wins. He's got 164 million, 126 guaranteed. Like, it's, yeah. it, like what he's saying, it's it's mind blowing numbers. But why why didn't they just do this a few years ago? It would have cost them so much less money because you've had the Mahomes contract since then. I mean, it's the market gets reset every year. If you've got a quarterback you know you want to keep, just sign them as soon as you can. Like, if Kansas City keep going the way that they're going, Patrick Mahomes' deal is going to look ridiculously good in three or four years because somebody else will have come along in two years' time and reset it again. Yeah. But, mm. uh, I don't know, it's, it's Dallas. Dallas have been terrible for the past, what, three decades? Oh, well, they've been middle. They've been completely average, middle of the road, can't get out of their own way. Is this is this is this great? Well, the, like, yeah. The entire you show the the whole team showed they weren't up to it if Dak wasn't there. So yeah, signed Dak. I mean, did the injury play a, a good part in Dak getting this this deal for him? Because he was having a similar season to Russell Wilson. If he had a similar end to the season as Russell Wilson did last year, is he getting as much money right now? Is Jerry Jones going? Mm, well, actually, you know what? He didn't actually do. We we don't know. But that team has got a lot of other problems. I mean, they have just brought in Dan Quinn, I think, haven't they, to try and fix the defense? So that might go a little bit of the way. But it... well, I don't know. Have you, did you see the? Yeah, head coach. That's head coach. That's different. <laughs> but yeah. I, I don't know. It's, no, it's Dallas. They didn't make the big money signing. They look good for the next first like, what nine weeks of the season, and then somehow they go one and done in the playoffs, and that's all they've done for the past decade. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, I personally, I don't think the Cowboys. Are that bad? I mean, offensively, who have we got? Ezekiel Elliott running back, you've got Amari Cooper at wide receiver, you've got CD Lamb, you've got oh, Michael stacked. Gallup. Um, they're completely it, stacked, but it doesn't I mean, who's the, who's the tight end? Is it Dalton Schultz? Yeah, Dalton Schultz, Schultz the tight Schultz. end. Um, left tackle, you've got Brandon Knight, if I remember right, left guard, Connor Williams. <laughs> yeah, I think I think but I think though, obviously when you look at Andy Dalton and who was the, the second was it uh, Gilbert, Garrett Gilbert or yeah. I think a QB no, yeah, a QB makes a huge see. difference. A QB makes a huge difference. Now, obviously I'm not saying anything about my Pittsburgh Steelers, <laughs> but even at Ben Roethlisberger at the lowest that he can be at the moment, Mason Rudolph coming in just completely just decimates that whole team. <laughs> but just having Big Ben there gives our offensive weapons that little bit of hope. So I think that obviously when you when you when you look at sort of Prescott coming back in and they're stacked, all of a sudden it does make them an attractive team going into the playoffs. Oh, yeah, it does. But they'll they'll find a way to Yeah, and it's the NFC. That is true. <laughs> it's the NFC. I mean you got I mean look, you got the, the Giants are 
we still don't know what the Giants are. I mean, Daniel Jones, is he is or isn't he, you know, a long-term answer for the Giants? Probably not. Uh, Washington, obviously, now have come back of releasing Alex Smith. They're a really good defence, but on the offence, there are certainly question marks there in terms of who is going to be the leader of that offence. Uh, they could be looking at a QB. Uh, the Eagles have obviously just got rid of um, Carson Wentz and now... Uh, they're, they're obviously putting all their you know eggs in the Jalen Hurts category now. So, you know, things are uncertain in the NFC East for the other teams. I think the Cowboys, to me, out of all four of those teams, seem like the most sort of settled now, now that they've sorted this contract out. So for me, I, I'd still put them as being heavy favourites for that division. Um, you know, You know, they came close potentially to... Uh, playoff football this year, and that was with a poor record without Dak. So imagine what, what it's going to be like with him now. So, no, I agree. Um, it, it's going to be interesting, but I agree with you 100%. So, you know, <laughs> Prescott is he, he needs to be paid, he is definitely an elite quarterback, and he is up there. It's just going to be interesting how he comes back from. Um, that broken leg but we'll move on to the next one which is my Pittsburgh Steelers and I know Suit you're not one to speculate or one for rumours but at the moment it's all over social media that Juju Smith-Schuster makes it clear he won't be back in Pittsburgh Um, from the news that I'm picking up at the moment uh, Smith-Schuster has said that he'd like to spend his career in Pittsburgh and he's made it fairly clear that you know the relationship won't be continuing um, and that's the feeling that he's getting from the team I mean he was the 2018 MVP which really riled up um, Antonio Brown Um, and even put a poll up he put a poll up on social media and it all came back that a lot of the Steelers fans wanted them gone. Um, this is going to be an interesting one. I mean, if you look at Juju, he did have 97 catches. And for me, that makes him an attractive addition to any team needing a productive wide receiver. Um, I fancy the Raiders um, to take him in this one. I mean, between the two of you guys, Ryan, I'll start with you. Do you, do you think that Juju is a, a wide receiver one and can do something special in another team? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think he's a good I think he's That's... a good wide receiver too. I think he plays well off after having somebody else there, but he can't mm. deal with the coverage on his own. Yeah. He showed that the last couple of seasons. He can't do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he... When Antonio Brown, when... Um, as yeah. soon as he he went, yeah, Juju's really showed um, that he can't be a person who's going to lead an offense. He'll be a very good receiver for whichever team he lands, and I'd like to see somewhere like uh, Miami. Mm. Uh, or even maybe someone like the Jets, I think he'd become a great asset to one of those sort of mm. organizations. He'll be a good, he'll be a great number two wide receiver, you know, playing the, it's like a brand you know, the Y or the Z. That sort of thing. Yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah. He's, not that, he's not elite, though. He's not, no. um, he's not at that he, top he, tier of uh, he receiver. He's too much on himself with all the stupid TikTok crap that goes on every game. And he, he really doesn't does. make himself, yeah. I don't, especially if your team's in a bit of a slump as well. Mm. It's not. He's not like a leader. He's not a breakout leader, is he either? So I don't know. That's probably knocks him down, especially when yeah. I mean you've got a fair few wide receivers out there at the moment waiting to be signed. Mm. Uh, a lot of it gets brought brought out of proportion in terms of the uh, Schuster antics, shall we say? I mean, uh, I was listening to um, Good Morning Football the other day, and uh, they had MJ Stewart, the uh, Browns uh, defensive back, and he was saying that it was all a bit of banter between them and the Browns because. You know, he's actually his, his, his boy, he said. And, and it was just one of those situations where they were just sort of messing around and it just got taken a bit too far. So I think a lot of it, sometimes he just needs to grow up a bit, maybe just a bit of immaturity, you, you know, and 
maybe taking himself out of Pittsburgh is probably the right answer. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I definitely think so. I mean, Chase Claypool came in and obviously he had a fantastic start to the season. Um, and I also thought, obviously, you know, being in the slot, you thought that Juju Smith-Schuster would just sort of excel and sort of get those sort of numbers, but he, he failed. I mean, you, you look at our offensive line, you know, Deontay Johnson, James Washington, Villanueva, Okinfor, you know, it's just... I agree, he needs to go. He he really needs to go. And I think, obviously, we're looking at James Conner as well going as well. And I think Miami are very, very interested um, in James Conner. So it's going to be... It's going to be interesting to see what goes forward with the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, but mm. we're not here Miami to talk do like bad running backs, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> but going on to Miami, um, me and Suk have had the absolute privilege of meeting the, uh, the, the legend, the bearded, hairy-chested legend, Fitzmagic. Is he going to retire? I mean, he was away from his family in 2020 uh, due to COVID. Um, he's not going to take... If he, He's not going to go to another team for just one million or one point five million. But if someone comes in and says five six million, I think he plays another year. But obviously, with the cap being this tight this year, there's no way that someone's going to splash five six million pound on him. For me personally, I think he should go to Denver and give Drew Luck a run for his money. You know, Drew Luck he needs Drew Luck, not Luck, um, needs needs that competition. And the Broncos are not a hundred percent sold in on Drew. Um, Suk, what do you think about Fitzmagic? Go another year, or do you think he's now coming to that sort of end of his career? He can still do it. Um, as far as I'm yeah. concerned, I still see him as the the better QB in Miami. Um, I still think Tua needs that sort of uh, tutelage at the minute. Um, yeah. he's, he's a better QB than Drew Locke. He, he's better than quite a number of uh, QBs who are currently, you know, applying their trade in the NFL. Uh, in my I, opinion, I look. I at, take him at Pittsburgh. <laughs> I look at Washington's situation better than yeah. you know what they got there. Yeah, you know he, he's he certainly can still do it. Um, you know he's only he's thirty eight. Uh, look at Tom Brady; he's still playing. Um, so so why not? You know for, for its magic. I think last season he proved that he's still more than capable of being a um, you know starting QB in the NFL. I mean, Ryan, do you think that obviously the Seahawks trade Wilson and you take Fitzmagic magic <laughs> for a year? God, <laughs> oh, that's a laugh or cry. Uh, I'd rather that didn't happen. That would, that would, yeah, that would be pretty bad. I mean, Fitz, Fitz is he's good. He's solid. He, you know, he's going to steer your ship right if you need him to. Is he's not obviously not a long term option. Is he a long term throughout the season option? He did pretty well last season, and the only reason he got benched was the whole you know chucking tour in to see if he's he's good or not. Yeah. I think you're right. I think he, he's going to end up somewhere like a Chicago or a Denver or a, a, a middling team like that and just, you know, sit in the quarterback room, take snaps, play a few games, win a few games, lose a few games. He's, he, you know, he's good. I, I did see that they're um, they're trying to get him into the, the Hall of Fame, but you need at least one Pro Bowl in your career to be eligible for the Hall of Fame. So this could be his last chance. So vote fits magic for uh, the Pro Bowl. I was looking the other day with um, this other WhatsApp group that I'm in about how many divisions he's played in. And I'm sure he's played in like five. And if he was to join the Broncos, it'd be like six. So you'd only need, six, like, another, you'd only yeah. need like another two divisions after that. Um, so that'd be amazing. And that that deserves a Hall of Fame in my opinion <laughs> if he gets to play in all eight divisions. It's a geographical <laughs> Hall of Fame. Yes. Geographical, yes, uh, absolutely. So we'll move on to the next one, which I think is a 
fascinating conversation. It is Odell Beckham Jr. So, for me personally, and I hate the Browns, but I do love Paul Brown. He's been very good to me over the years and he's been good on the podcast, especially with Ryan. Mm. But for me personally, Baker played better without OBJ. Okay? Now, there's no guaranteed money. Three years. The Browns would free 15.7 million if he was to go. I mean, what could you get in a trade? What, a third and a first? For a first, sorry, you know, you've got Landry, 15 million. That's 30 million combined for the two of them. For me, Baker is better when he's in command and not surrounded with Odell Beckham Jr. Baker was better thrown to Higgins. If you ask me, Suk, do you think it's time for Odell Beckham Jr. to come to Tampa? I'm seeing a bit of smoke. I'm seeing something. Um, no chance. Um, do I want <laughs> a player like OBJ in... Um... In Tampa, he's for me, like I say, he's he's just not got the right sort of attitude or mentality, um, you know, to try and win again. I, I mean, say what you want about Antonio Brown. I, I was he came and done a job. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but say we'll go to you, Ryan. We'll go to you, Ryan. Like Antonio <laughs> Brown. <laughs> no, no. But say what you want about him. He, he he was still he still went the Brady way. I just can't see Odell Beckham doing that myself. I think I can see him being a bit of more of a selfish player. He's not the kind of player to want to play less snaps or not receive the ball as much. You know, you saw it last season with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Uh, I mean, we've just franchise tagged Chris Godwin. So why would we need Odell Beckham? You know, yeah. we've got enough receivers in that room. We've got some young receivers as well who are hungry and chomping at the bit to get in uh, like Scotty Miller. I'd much rather have Scotty Miller than, uh, Odell Beckham any day of the week and I'm not just saying that because I'm a Bucks fan honestly we just don't need that kind of attitude in our roster and I don't know if there's too many teams out there who probably would want someone like Odell Beckham um, you know he's he's had his opportunity at the Giants and you know after you know one or two you know very decent seasons as a Giant um, he, he just obviously you know threw his uh, threw a bit of a tantrum Similar yeah. situation here, um, you know, with the Browns. They've, they've shown, like you said, they're effective without him. Um, they can still win without him. So um, I, I still see him being a Brown, to be honest, uh, and not moving on. Yeah, I mean, before I go over to Greenwich, Ryan, um, I thought that Antonio Brown done a good job when he came down. I mean, I, I really did. I think he composed himself well scored that touchdown in the Super Bowl. If you look at his social media, he's been completely quiet, like nothing. So I think he's just keeping his head down. He's going to get another year in Tampa um, doing what he does best. Yeah. Oh, I can I can feel the, the tense. It's coming through, Ryan. I was it's just thinking through, it's coming through my head. Antonio points. Brown could do with a year in a Florida penitentiary rather than back in Tampa. But <laughs> I just don't like him. I don't, I don't like him at all. I don't like the way the whole... Um, Raiders thing went down, the whole Patriots thing. Okay, cool. Yeah, he did. Yeah. You know, he kept his head down. He caught the passes in the Super Bowl, won the Super Bowl. Cool, mm. whatever. It's still not a nice. It's still it, not a nice person. It, it, it took me. It took me a while. I mean, yeah, granted, he's not. He's not yeah, a nice person. Chick. And even when he would score a touchdown, I remember what would happen is I'd celebrate the touchdown, but then straight after he scored a touchdown, I'd use explicit language <laughs> to make up for the fact that he's a a really rubbish human being. So. Yeah, I think I justified in being able to celebrate his touchdowns by doing that. that Yeah, so my conscience is clear there. I think for OBJ, you would hope that 
a year or two in well, it's been two two years now in in Cleveland has I know has matured him a bit chastised him a bit he's not like okay you're fast yeah you can make athletic mm. catches cool that's not everything that doesn't win you games that makes you a viral superstar sure he's a showpiece yeah, it is. that's it yeah. you, you can't build yes. a team around yeah. that that's what the Giants have found out I just don't think that mm. Cleveland could use him properly that they Baker's not in oh, the right place to to do that and you saw it he he didn't feel as as comfortable when OBJ was on the field and yeah he was throwing dimes to Rashad Higgins and that sort of thing it's it's interesting because he could if he has matured and you know taken it to heart not just following his friends around the league he could go to a place like I mean the Jags the Pats need a wide receiver they've got a lot of cap space it, it could be interesting yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, obviously, we've got a box office show coming next week um, when everything just opens up. And I think there's going to be a massive, massive amount of casualties. It's it's just going to be absolutely fascinating. So for our listeners, definitely tune in on this one. It's going to be amazing. But this is one I really, really want to sink my teeth into. J.J. Watt, I mean, he finally leaves the Texans for the Cardinals after pretty much a decade. This deal, I mean... I'm still trying to get my head around it. So, what signed a base value of 35.2 million over five years for practical purposes? It's a two-year, 28 million base deal that has three years from 2023 to 2025 at 2.4 million each year that automatically voids if he's on the roster on the final day of the 2022 league year. That enables the signing bonus to portray over five years instead of two. Of the 23 million guaranteed, 20 million is fully guaranteed at signing, with the other 3 million guaranteed for injury only. That 3 million of his 2022 base salary becomes fully guaranteed in March 2022 if he receives a 2.25 million roster bonus. The 20 million guaranteed includes a 12 million signing bonus, 2.5 million base guaranteed this year, 3.25 million of his 11.25 million 2022 base salary and a 2.25 million roster bonus in 2022. The 31 million total for two years includes 3 million in incentives for sacks. If Watt has 10 or more sacks in 2021, he will earn a 1 million bonus and another 1 million will be added to his 2022 base salary. There is also a 1 million bonus in 2022 for 10 or more sacks. Preparing his signing bonus creates a figure of 2.4 million per year as opposed to the 6 million it would have been on a two year contract. That makes his 2021 cap charge 4.9 million, accounting for the 2.5 salary and a bonus proportion. His currently cap figure for 2022 is 15.9 million, but that could be lowered next year by converting a large proportion of his base salary into a signing bonus and adding years to the deal, depending on the league and the Cardinals' cap situation. <laughs> Guys, I can't I get my head around this. What, what the actual what fuck? I mean, seriously, I pulled this off Pro Football Focus, and I'm still like trying to get my head around it. I mean, how did he pull this off? He's, I think this is a very, very good deal for JJ Watt. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Especially when you see wow. the number of edge rushers and D line that are out there now in free agency. To get that done last week was stellar work by him. And He's see- really capitalising on his brand. I don't know what most of those yeah. numbers mean, but he's going to get paid a lot. Um, and he's in the NFC West, so <laughs> I hate this deal completely. But really, I mean, he's not hes not the same JJ Watt as he was 
you know, when he first got into Never. the league. I mean, the first five 100%. seasons he had in the league, absolutely phenomenal, you know, getting double-digit sacks, getting close to, I think, one a couple of seasons he had over 20 sacks in the season. The last, yeah. looking at the last season alone, I know the Texans struggled a lot on defence and, you know, teams were just throwing the ball at the Texans secondary because it was just absolutely rubbish. Um, but he only got five sacks uh, and he played a lot of snaps. It's not as if he missed a chunk of the season. He, he contributed in all 16 games and played in, I believe, 90% plus of snaps on the Texans defence and he only managed five sacks. The season before that, he only played half of the games. Um, and the season before that, he did play a full season. And that was his arguably the last time he had a really good season when he contributed with 16 sacks and I believe around sort of 61 tackles. But th- the problem for him is it's his health. Um, he's only completed yeah. two full seasons in the last sort of five, six seasons. Um, that, that's yeah. a lot of money. And when you've got a player like Chandler Jones, um, you know, for the Connors, who I think is a lot more needed uh, in terms of more, more productive, productive yeah. Patrick Peterson. Yeah. Those guys needed to be paid, um, you know, not JJ Watt. And I think for me, I think that this puts the Cardinals back um, significantly. I, I, I think it does, yeah. I, yeah. I generally and, do, I, I do believe yeah, and that. And I just yeah. don't understand the move for JJ Watt either. I, I personally think somewhere like the Bills would have been a bit more ideal for him, uh, where he doesn't have to contribute with every snap, um, you know, and can just become a bit of a, a difference maker in like, you know, third downs. But, you know, there you go. Um, his brand, I mean, it, I think Ryan, Ryan yeah. it, his brand has sold it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, in, in this stage of his career, especially how injury prone he is, he should be ring chasing. He should be going to a team where he's got the best possible opportunity to go and win a Super Bowl, whether it be the Bills you know, he could have went to Green Bay. There was a lot of smoke about that he's mm. going to go up to Green Bay because he's a Wisconsin lad. Um, but when it said it was going out to, to to Arizona, it was just more evident that it was all about the, the paycheck. He was well, just looking for a final payday. I'm sure DeAndre Hopkins obviously had a, a massive part in that as well. We can't just simply say... Sorry. I mean, let, let, let's not disrespect the Cardinals. I mean, they are a decent franchise and they are on the upward spiral rather than down. I mean, they've got a young quarterback in Kyler Murray who... You know, very well could become one of the highest played quarterbacks in the, after his contract is up. So, you know, he's going to probably be talked about the same breadth as we talk about Russell Wilson maybe in the future. Yeah. Um, so he's, he's as long as he can stay healthy. Um, the cut. They've got a, a, good, a good young coach in Cliff Kingsbury. You know, last year's draft, he's sitting in that beautiful $25 million house yeah. with a lovely little buyer. You've got the DeAndre Hopkins, and... one of the top five wide receivers in the league. Uh, you do have some good weapons there on defense. Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray's a, a decent quarterback. He's still got a lot, a lot to prove, but he's he's definitely he's, he's a good QB. If yeah, you ask so me. I think they're on the upward, and obviously if Russell Wilson um, leaves the Seahawks, have done anyway. He might as well burn the Seahawks. <laughs> Thanks for the optimism, sir. <laughs> so. We'll finish up on that one and we'll move right on to which I'd never seen coming in a million years with Van Noy. You know, the, the Dolphins officially announced 
um, last week, the, the least linebacker, Kyle Van Noy. Um, he had won two Super Bowl titles with the Patriots alongside Dolphin head coach Brian Flores, who obviously took him uh, down to Miami. He joined them in March 2020 for a four-year $51 million contract, but the move to release him will save $9.8 million against the salad cap, leaving the team with a lot more than $33 million of wiggle room after the salad cap was set on Wednesday. I mean, guys, you can fight it between you. I, I found this a bit bizarre, but I do see him going back to the Patriots. Yeah, I, I mean, for me, I, I thought Miami's cap situation really wasn't that bad in order for them to, you know, make this move. But yeah. at the end of the day, Brian Flores has obviously seen something that we haven't, you know. Maybe he sees that there's somewhere he can look in free agency or the draft. You know, you tend, you, you are going to get one or two surprises, you know, in free agency when it comes to sort of players being released, like you, we talked about the, the Chiefs as well. So... Um, it just depends. Uh, I, I guess we'll find out next week uh, what Miami have got, you know, planned for him. But yeah, um, won't be surprised if he joins back up with the Patriots and Bill Belichick. Ryan, were you surprised with this uh, move, or did you see it bit, coming? I think he is—he was getting paid quite a lot and didn't really put up too many numbers last season, did he? So it, it is a bit. I think Brian Flores is kind of just showing he's pretty ruthless down there in Miami. He's he's putting his yeah. stamp on the team. He's not gonna. Yeah, but it's yeah, good. It's def- yeah, it definitely is Flores. I mean, he's, yeah. he's he's really carving out a culture there. So I don't know. We'll see. That bit of Bill Belichick rubbing off him. A bit of Bill Belichick yeah, rubbing right off him there. I was gonna make a joke. I'm not going to. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. 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 I, I, like linebacker is. Uh, a pretty well-paid situation at the moment. There's been a, quite a lot of linebackers coming through, so we'll see what yeah. happens. He'll probably t- end up taking a pay cut somewhere, but he he can contribute to a team. Maybe he's just not a standout. No. Yeah, no, absolutely. Oh, no, this is, oh, this no, is I was going to say, uh, shout-out to Bill Belichick as well. So he's, um, I don't know if you guys read, so he shaved off his head for charity um, to benefit uh, hey. Boston's Children's Hospital. So someone wow, like Bill Belichick, you know, is a very serious guy. You know, for him to do that, I think, uh, you know, getting rid of his locks and everything. So uh, credit to the to the old man for doing that as well. I think that's, uh, you know, we make fun of him a lot, but I think he's done something really nice there. Um, you know, yeah. wow. I didn't even know that. I need to actually go and look that up after yeah. we do the show. So yeah, big shout out to big big Billy B, big Billy B for doing that one for charity. Um, but this is this is one that's just. A lot of people are talking, but no one knows where it's going, is the 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm hearing that the possibility of Terry Bridgewater going out to the 49ers. So, you know, the way I'm reading this at the moment is neither team, obviously, neither team has a quarterback on the roster behind Garoppolo or Bridgewater. I mean, who they'd feel comfortable rolling with, you know, for the 2021 season. So they don't want to overexpose themselves in the unpredictability of the draft. So if you actually wanted to play this out, and this was amazing, just listening to this way with Peter Schrager um, on um, Good Morning Football. If Carolina selects a quarterback with their pick at eight, and the 49ers go quarterback with their pick at 12, or maybe they trade back and decide to go QB in round two with their pick at 43, this is the point in which both teams move forward with a deal. Carolina would send Bridgewater to San Francisco and subsequent trade the 49ers ship Garoppolo to another team. Now, the way that Peter Schrager said this is, obviously, if you use New England 
since there has been a lot of speculation about their interest in getting him back. By moving in this manner, the 49ers have set themselves up for success in 2021. This would provide flexibility at the position and not force the rookie to play week one while reducing the overall salary cap cost at quarterback. The above is just one of the scenarios that could play out. Whether the 49ers ultimately choose to make the move for Bridgewater or another veteran, expect Jimmy Garoppolo to be on another roster when the draft begins in April. Souk, how do you see it playing out for the 49ers before, obviously, Ryan has a meltdown and talks about the, the 49ers? I, I, I don't see where all this <laughs> speculation is coming from. I don't see Garoppolo going anywhere at the minute. Um, mm, he's still a guy in 2019. We had a nice 13 and 3 record. I do think he's got one more season in order to try and prove his worth at the 49ers. Um, I, I just don't see how Bridgewater makes them any better, to be honest. They're about the same and on par for me. So doing any such deal, really, I think, it just, it just doesn't, doesn't make sense. It overcomplicates. Unless you're going to get someone who's yeah. going to significantly improve your uh, roster, a bit like what the Rams did by getting Matthew Stafford and offloading Jared Goff, that is definitely an upgrade. This really does not show any sort of upgrade, in my opinion. I have tremendous respect for Teddy Bridgewater. You know, he came back from a very um, hard-fought injury. Horrendous. Horrendous. Injury. Exactly. Break, so yeah. he's, he's come back and he's doing wonders, you know, to still be playing in the NFL. Uh, but for me, I still don't see where the upside is in doing that deal for either team. Um, there's plenty to go. The Panthers can look in the draft. Um, and can use whichever quarterback they get as a bit of a uh, for Teddy Bridgewater to mentor them. Uh, you know that quarterback may not necessarily be ready. Uh, just because you're drafting a quarterback at number eight, for example, where the Panthers are in the draft, doesn't mean you start him straight away. Um, if you're going to draft someone like say Justin Fields, Trey Lance, or Zach Wilson, they may need a year to sit behind. And I think Bridgewater is probably the perfect uh, sort of candidate to do that behind. Well, absolutely. And Ryan, obviously, you do not really like the, the 49ers that much. I mean, where, where do you see this panning out in terms of the whole situation with Jimmy Garoppolo? We're not even talking about um, Bridgewater, but just the overall sort of QB situation. Do you think big changes are going to happen? Or would you say that Souk has just hit that on yeah, the nail? I'm not sure if it happens this year. Um, I'll say, I, I don't like the 49ers because they're too yeah. good. That's, that's the reason I don't like the 49ers because they're scared. <laughs> <laughs> um, but maybe yeah, maybe we're not with the salary cap this year. I don't. I think that's kind of hampering any massive deals that we could otherwise yeah. have seen, because there are quite a few teams in this situation where, okay, you can you can give Jimmy Garoppolo a, a, a go for another year, but I, I mean I don't pretend to know what's going on in the Forty ers back office or front office or wherever in terms of who's coming up for um, you know contracts this year, next year. But I mean they've got some big players that they've drafted. They're going to want paying pretty soon. Uh, uh, I don't know. I, I I think that maybe even though, but saying that because you've got Shanahan's been there for how long now? Four years, mm. three three years, yeah, <laughs> three 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 years. Yeah, that's the, uh, he's coming into his so, fourth season I mean, now. If I remember right, yeah. Rope does he get? He can't have another season like he did last year. You can't keep blaming it on injuries because you had Garoppolo injured in, the, in his first year. He had a lot of injuries. It, to be oh, fair. he did. Uh, there I, was I, a lot. I completely agree with that. Does ownership completely agree with that? That they've got this team that got to the Super Bowl two years ago, and you've not. If you don't get them back there this year with a healthy team, which they they should, but I think by getting somebody else better than Garoppolo in there, you will. Because you think that that team that got to the Super Bowl was hard running, 
Matt Breeder, Mostert, cycling through the running backs. Kittle was there catching every a pass. Garoppolo threw what thirteen passes, yeah. or something like that. It, it's nothing. That's so, correct. Yeah, it was. I, I can see it going either way. I don't know if the Panthers give up on Bridgewater because no. the way that um, Matt Rule was talking last year, he really seemed to quite like him. I don't know whether that was just you know new coach and quarterback speak, but the the pan- but just to throw just to throw this in though, do you see James um, James Winston Stewart behave yourself? Do you see Deshaun Watson in Carolina? That's the interesting one because everyone's saying it's it's Miami, you know, it could be the Jets, but I've seen a bit of smoke saying that he could I, end up I in, think in Carolina for the so, Texans to agree to that this year. Yeah, I, I think it'd be a great fit. I mean, um, oh, given yeah. the fact that Deshaun Watson. You know, obviously played in Clemson, uh, obviously, you know, being in Carolina, I think that would be, you know, a very, very good match and fans would, you know, love it. Like love it. like Ryan yeah. says, n- number eight, I don't see the value there for the Texans uh, in terms of what they can do. Also, listening to the head coach, it doesn't seem like Deshaun Watson's going anywhere, to be honest. <laughs> I think they've done with all their offloading and I think it's going to be a case of, He's going to have to ride it out until the end of his deal, uh, unfortunately. Or, or or maybe next year there might be some sort of deal done. But I don't see Deshaun Watson leaving at the minute. I think there's more of a chance of Ooh. Russell Wilson than Deshaun Watson. I'm still hoping for a swap. That'd be great. But I'm just kidding myself. <laughs> Absolutely. So, we're going to move on to one that my brain... Cannot still get into this, but the New Orleans Saints and their salary cap issues. I mean, holy shit. I mean, Ryan will probably laugh earlier when I was doing the podcast notes and I did say um, Einstein and the Saints, and they did get a bit lost with where I was going with that. But it's Winston and the Saints. And I mean, where do you start with the Saints? I mean, their well, cap situation. You know is what? Absolutely I'm looking ridiculous. at it right I mean, now, and they're not the worst anymore. No. I mean, yeah, because obviously by getting linebacker, what was it, Demario Davis and their defensive end, Cameron Jordan, to agree up to a contract restructuring. I mean, they saved, what, $13.5 million up against the, the salary? And then what seems like a lot of money, the Saints are still, they are in the worst cap situation in the league. I mean, but $44 million over a projected cap for 2021. Um, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, general manager Mickey Loomis was saying earlier that the they really have to get over a few obstacles um, to make it... I mean, how the hell are they even going to compete in the same NFC South as Tom Brady? I mean, going forward, I mean, I, I, I just is is Breeze going to retire? Is Winston going to be Hang the QB1? You, you told me I mean, that uh, Drew Breeze Ryan... retired two months ago. <laughs> was, you, you, told me, oh, you told me that was Jesus. all official, but we're still waiting here on the news. Where's the news to it? The guy's just taking some time out. He's just having you said it was official. He's retired. Deal. It's official, but not. Not going to be official. Not, here, okay. He's still. He's still walking to the podium. It takes him a while. Trust to me. In the frame there, so. uh... <laughs> I think people look at the forty-four million over the cap for the Saints this year, and it, it's bad. It's not great. It's not. It's not a situation you want to be in. But I mean, okay, yeah. So the the salary cap's at one hundred and eighty. Two and a half this year, but then it, it, it goes up to 203. Yes, that's after, correct. 225 the year after, 256. Like, it's like you said with the JJ Watt contract, they just restructure everything, push it all into the back end, 
and it'll spread out across the next three or mm. four years when they've got a bit more space. It's, they, it's they all a farce at the end of the day, isn't it? It's, it's a bit of both. Of course it is. I mean, it's pretty much Sook. If you, if you can correct me, is that not what yeah, they've done yeah. with Tom Brady? Because Tom Brady yeah. isn't actually taking a cut. It's basically he will get yeah. a little bit more money, but they're just yeah, yeah they're just spreading. It, yeah, it is a farce. The, I mean, the years. Yeah, I agree, but that's the rules are there to be manipulated. And if the books are doing that, yeah, the Saints have been doing that a lot worse than the books. I mean, they've gone from being cap hell to somewhat even you know being remotely you know down the middle now. Uh, I mean, Janoris Jenkins, another one they've uh, released midweek as well. That's freed up some space. So yeah, I mean, it's just. If, if we're going into the cap, I mean, so the Rams at the moment are 33 million over still. Although yeah, they, the Rams they, are in wow. a bit trouble with the cap space. They're, they're running out. Mm-hmm. I didn't even notice and, uh, that. Yeah, I've so the Falcons wow. are 14 million over, which is 2 million <laughs> less than the Saints now. But they've only yeah. got 39 players signed. I'm just showing Kieran now. So basically, Kieran, while you're watching this, so this is the cap space. This is how much money each team has got left. So you see the Jaguars there have got 73 sort of million there. And right at the bottom are your Rams in red. <laughs> $33 million. <laughs> His face. Is it bad to enjoy a child like seeing that? I don't think he understands it. At the end of the day, they've spent a lot of money. They've, they've spent too much and they can't pay it. So we'll see. But they've got a good team. But they've still they've got a good team. And they do. But, but with the Rams, though, it's all or bust over the mm. next two years, three years. It's they've mm, got to they've got to win a Super Bowl in the next three years. Apparently, they're they trying to shop Michael Brockers probably. and Robert Woods. So, don't be surprised if maybe one of those two are out of here in the next week or so. Mm. Mm. Very interesting. Very interesting indeed. But we'll move on to our second last part of the segment is. Alex Smith. Now, this guy is just, I mean, what he's been through um, with the leg break, to be able to come back, obviously, play, you know, to the highest level. But Ron Rivera has said that he didn't want to take the blame if Alex Smith re-injured his leg. And he said he struggled with that every day. Now, obviously, Suk, again, you're one of these guys that are not one to to, to listen to sort of rumours and whatever's going, but from what I'm hearing, is he's going to go down to Jacksonville to be a mentor for Trevor Lawrence. But do you think that the Washington team made the right decision letting um, Alex Smith go? Yeah, I'd say so. I'd say it was probably the right decision. If, if that's how Ron Rivera feels, then I, I personally, I personally, I think yeah, like he's... all of us hoped Alex Smith would have just said, you know what, I've done what I needed to achieve. I've got my team somewhat into the playoffs. I've made this miraculous comeback. Why not just, you know, call it a day? I think maybe that's what Washington were hoping. Me as... Yeah, I me think that's personally, what that's what I wanted as well. Because well, yeah. I, I didn't want to see him sort of go through that again, you know, taking that risk. He, he's made this comeback. It's, it was one of the most amazing stories you could have in, you know, in sports, yeah, modern football. Um, so. I mean, I'm surprised that he's decided he wants to continue, but if he thinks he can do it, then maybe he could be a mentor. I mean, the, the good news is if he yeah, if he play. is there at the Jags, he's not going to be playing with Trevor Lawrence. As much as you even mentor him, you're just going to oh. be there as the second QB. It's not going to be a case where Trevor will come in 
at a later time and take your position. Trevor's ready to play now. So maybe somewhere like the Jaguars, he could be there with a clipboard in his hand. Um, yeah, it's going to be sort of like Joe Flacco at the Jets. You know, that sort of guy in the background with that sort of experience yeah. of being playing yeah, at the highest Trevor level. Lawrence doesn't get mono. <laughs> You're right. No <laughs> Suddenly he starts playing. <laughs> I think Alex Smith. I think he wants. I think he kind of half oh. still wants to play, and I, I just, I, I think it's right for Washington yeah. as a team to move on from him. And like, like you say, it must be absolutely gut wrenching sending him out there and thinking I mean, what could happen. I remember, like when he, when he made his comeback, and he was just, and you're just like, oh my god, like someone's just going to take him out now and just. You're always fearing the worst. So imagine being Ron Rivera, that coach that's putting him out there. When the guy almost lost his leg, he had was it maybe twenty yeah, surgeries? It was something ridiculous that he actually had something like that. And you actually seen photographs, and it was like the flesh off the leg, and it was just metal pins on a bone. And I'm like, you came back from that. So Ron Rivera, everything that he's been through with cancer and whatever. So even for Ron Rivera to make that decision to say, even as a coach, I've got obviously skin cancer, I'm going to continue, but I don't feel comfortable about this player. That's a big thing for Ron Rivera to be able to say that I struggled every day worrying about his health. So, yeah, I mean, these guys absolutely hit it on the nail and I don't want to talk too much about that because it is quite sad and depressing, but we're going to move on to the final part of the podcast. And I don't know where to start really here, but I know Neil Reynolds would call it the state of the franchise or we've got our thing that's coming um, in the next few weeks, which is the state of the fan tries. But what the hell is going on with the Chicago Bears and where are they going quarterback-wise, coach-wise? I mean, Sue, what's your overall feeling in terms of where, where mean, they're going? I mean, I just looked at their cap space. I mean, it's second behind the Ram. I mean, they're just slightly ahead of the Rams in terms of the cap space. So I'm trying to unravel in my head how this move for uh, Russell Wilson transpires. I mean, they've tagged um, Alan Robinson, I think, against his will. Yeah, he didn't, he, 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 he didn't want to be there last year, did he? He, he, yeah. he was looking He's looking to be on his way out. So, yeah. number one, how are they going to afford the contract for Russell Wilson? Um, it's a bit... It's a difficult one. I mean, looking at their roster now, obviously, he's still got Nick Foles under contract. Uh, he can't go anywhere. Trubisky, obviously, is in a situation where he can... Um, leave. Um, who else have they really got? I mean, you, you know, the, the receivers, you know, you got Ant Miller, you know, um, it's Mooney. Like it? Yeah, the running game's not really great. I mean, Montgomery had a, a decent season last year. And I suppose you got the Russell Wilson, Jimmy Graham connection going again. Mm-hmm. I'm clutching the for me personally, I think, I think they end up with... Yeah, for me, at the QB position, they're not getting Wilson. They're not getting that sort of elite-level um, quarterback. For me, Sam Darnold, Marcus Mariota, right for Chicago, Alex Smith. That's, pro- that's probably... Yeah, seriously. I mean, I'm being 100% serious here. Obviously, it depends on whether they go for fields, the Jets, you know, in the draft, but a Sam Darnold, a Marcus Mariota... Draft Alex Matt Jones, Smith, if you even draft someone like Matt Jones. Because obviously, that's in, only going to cost... Yeah, I mean, they were never, ever going to get Carson Wentz. I mean, that's just 
ridiculous, you know. And obviously, there was talk that JJ Watt was going to go there, and obviously he went to the Cardinals, which shocked us as well. But I, I generally see, obviously, because Derek Carr's not leaving the Raiders anytime soon, so Marcus Mariota becomes into that conversation. But I, I see, sorry, Alex Smith if he doesn't go um, and mentor um, Trevor Lawrence, or you know, it's a strange one. They're just they're they're, they're an organisation that have just always been defensively amazing for years and years and years and then obviously I thought that Nagy was just getting it right two seasons ago then his play calling was just it's been horrendous the last two years I mean the organisation has just went from bad to worse if you ask me I mean in terms of the way that they went and got um, Nick Foles and yeah, it's, it's they're, they're not a great run organisation at the moment I mean do you think that they, they, they need to restructure from no, top to bottom as in coach no I think they've still Offensively, got defensively? some sort of pieces and on defence where they, they they could I mean their defence was what kept them in games last year so if they continue that they've obviously got the new uh, defensive coordinator in Sean Desai it'd be interesting to see how he sorts this organisation out if they can just get to a situation where their defense can keep them in games, I think they just need to be an average offense, really, um, and just build from there, you know, slowly but surely. So I don't think it's the end of the world in terms of the Chicago Bears. I still think they'll be sort of a competitive team, and I still think they'll be in and around the playoff picture next year, if I'm being perfectly honest, regardless of who their QB is. Yeah, I think you're right. As long as the defense can hold out and be just as good as they need to be to keep them in games, but they're they're not going to make any massive waves. They're not going to stink. It, it's just it's going to be more a, a frustrating season, I think, for, yeah. for Bears fans again. Because you're right. What what do they have to offer for a Russell Wilson trade? What can they can they fit Russell Wilson's salary under the cap? There's, I think there's just too much. They've not got enough to to execute that. But not that I'd be happy with if I was John Schneider to, to you know take him yeah. return and it's where else do they get that piece from and is quarterback really the piece for them like like you say their running game's not amazing the wide receivers yeah you've got Alan Robinson mm. yes. I don't know yeah I know and obviously Ryan I don't want you to put you on the spot just here and it'd be interesting to hear Suits take obviously we've covered all the news Rudolph JJ Watt Van Noy Dak everything but there has been a lot of news, and obviously we missed the show last week because of the college show we were the week before. Russell Wilson, I mean, what do you think is happening with Russell Wilson? I mean, because his game's not great in Seattle, you know, he's they're, they're, they're making him obviously run the ball all the time. And is he is he the future for the, the organization, or do you think that it is time for change, whether that be at the coaching position, or do you need to just change your whole system? Um, <laughs> they need to put more trust in Russell Wilson. In well, yeah, it was it was working. It was working. Yes, I think they do. Yeah, they really the do. Season, they, there was yeah. a, a stumble, and they just went back to the conservative play calling a bit. But yeah, you can't blame Russell Wilson on that. Well, no, no, not completely. And it, I yeah. don't know what's going to happen to us. I don't think anybody's out there that can really pony up what they need, and is a destination that Russell Wilson would want to go to. Um, that that is the problem for him, I think. Yeah. I, and I think, to be honest, I, he's he's smart. He's a smart man. I think he knows that. I think he knows that there's nowhere that he could actually, he would he would agree to go to and could get him. So he's cool. made this power play to put pressure on Pete Carroll to start playing the way that he wants. Because if he stays and nobody can to, comes and gets him, and Pete Carroll starts playing the way he 
has played over the past three or four years, then it's Pete Carroll that's going to start getting the heat because, you know, you're not meeting the demands of your star quarterback. And he was making those demands last year behind the scenes. Now he's making Absolutely. Them, you know, semi-public throughout these interviews and the passive aggressiveness. Obviously, I'm not a massive fan of doing this a year or two after you've signed a massive contract that has no trade clauses and completely destroys the team if you try and, you know, if you were to leave. That, that to me is a little bit disingenuous, but I, I, you can see what Russ is getting at. He wants more protection. Yeah, completely agree. At the same time, Russ, you know, took the ball and run a little bit more, stop getting say that. At least, you know, 25, 30% of the sacks that he took last year were because he was not making decisions. So it's, it's going to yeah. be a very bumpy off season and probably a very bumpy season considering. What I mean, JJ Watt, Matt Stafford, everybody else in the division seems to be getting stronger. We've just released a lot of players. Um, it's gonna be fun. I mean, what's interesting as well is obviously Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson are both doing the exact same thing is they want to have a say in the recruitment process from the top to the bottom, they want to be involved in the interviewing process. Who's running, whether it be offensively, defensively, like they want to be part of that. And Russell Wilson has been very vocal on that, very much like what Deshaun Watson has said is, I want to be in this interviewing process when it comes to if you're going to make me part of this organization and your main man, I want to know that's yeah. one of his business to be involved in exactly. that process. If he, so, if he does that, it, he goes wrong. Who's going to get sacked? It's not him, it's the coach, it's the coach and the GM. So, so how do you guys feel about that? Do you think that, obviously, Deshaun Watson's wrong as well is actually to say that I want to be involved in the, the recruitment process from being who's the head coach to the offensive coordinator? Do you think that that should be left to the GM and, the, the obviously, the people that own look, the team? Or do you think the players do look, have a responsibility to be involved in that it, process? Right? You look at Tom Brady, would be would be lying to say that he didn't have a part to play. And, yeah. He's a real exception, though. If there was anyone in Houston though, yeah. who had that, opportunity to have these discussions it would have been JJ Watt not Deshaun Watson he's Deshaun Watson is a great quarterback don't get me wrong and he is a future leader whichever organisation he joins but JJ Watt JJ Watt was the leader of that if he didn't get a say what right does Deshaun Watson have Uh, I I get it I think what, what the main issue for Houston is is the way the, way it's been the organization's yeah. been run, I, yeah. and I can understand that. Bolo, Russell just, Wilson, yeah. I don't see where Seattle have badly been a badly run organization where he can be in that situation where he feels the need to intervene. Yes, he's been there for a great deal of success for Seattle. You know, he's been in two Super Bowls with them. You, you know, he's a Super Bowl back winner. To back, back he's to back done Super it Bowls, all. Yeah. You know, within that organization, he is Seattle, but. At the same time, I don't think he's earned his stripes enough in order for him to be a decision maker in the front office. You know, you're not John Elway. You know, you're far from it at the minute. You can be John Elway in 10, 20 years' time. At the minute, just stick to playing football. Listen, listen, eight, Ben Roethlisberger's been 18 years in Pittsburgh and he's actually been told to sit the F down and restructure it made him cry. or you're getting It cut. made him cry. Simple as that. Like, nobody is big... Yeah. Oh, Jesus, suit, come on. This this podcast was going so well and you just hit me down no, I, th- I think, you know, players... <laughs> I, I, the two situations with Watson and Wilson are, uh, are a bit different. I think Watson's 
rebellion is more against the fact that what the hell is going on in my organization? Why I don't want to be tied down to this for five more years, no matter how much you're paying me, because this is my prime time to win a Super Bowl. Mm. Wilson is, I think he's pushing back against, there's no real ownership in Seattle at the moment. Um, because after uh, Paul Allen died, it went to his sister, and she's not been super involved in things. So it is That's kind of a Pete yeah. Carroll show. And, you know, he does have his sons in positions, that sort of stuff. So there are, there has been, you know, there's, there's people who've had problems with the way that Pete Carroll's run Seattle and, you know, usually the Shermans, the outspoken, like Michael Bennett, that sort of thing. So it's not all just because we present a plain sailing ship. It doesn't mean there's not stuff going on below deck, that sort of thing. It's, I, th- I think this is Wilson's way of trying to say, look, I, I deserve a little bit more than this. I don't think he's going head to toe, but... I think he need he he definitely needs to be let off the leash a little bit more. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen this season. No, and obviously, it's so much more that we're going to talk about over the course of the next two months, especially leading up to the draft. But we are just days away from the start of another NFL league year, which means free agency. And the draft is just around the corner. I mean, March the 15th to the 17th, known as the legal tampering period for the three days before free agency begins, clubs are permitted to contact and enter into contract negotiations with the agents of players who will become unrestricted free agents. So obviously, March the 17th is the official start of the 2021 league year. Um, All 2020 players' contracts expire at this time and clubs can begin signing new free agents. All reported trades and signings can be announced by teams until the new league years begins. So we're going to have a blockbuster show next week. Um, it could be anywhere between Tuesday and Thursday, just seeing where the college shows go. But guys, you must be excited about, obviously, next week and where um, things are going to go. Just looking to see what the books do in terms of keeping the band together. Um, obviously, great news with what's yeah. happened today. Hopefully, Shaq signs his deal. Um, and and we'll just have to wait and see. But yeah, yep. well, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, it's going to be great. We're going to see Russell Wilson at the Steelers. We're going wake to see up, Stuart. Ben. Wake up, Stuart. <laughs> no, I think there are a lot of big yeah, names Yeah, wake there. up, wake up, wake up. I know quite a few of them will get re-signed back to their teams. But, I mean, you've got uh, Kenny Golladay. But yeah. Dupree, I think, will be a big one for the Steelers. If you can get him back, that'd be great. But I think Aaron one. Jones Thanks is one. out there. Chris Carson's out there. Yeah. Yannick Ngokwe, not had a great season last year, but he's got name value. So... Mm. <sighs> It's going to be very interesting. I'm mm. hoping, I'm hoping that we see a lot of transactions and players on new teams because that's always fun. But I, I've got a feeling that quite a lot of them will be signed to to their own oh, teams absolutely. once they can, can you know figure out a contract that's that's backloaded enough to get them through this year. No, hundred percent. And for our listeners, um, I'd say we've had a little break. Um, just over the last couple of weeks, obviously, Suk's been busy, I've been busy, and Ryan's been busy as well. But um, from next week, we will be back every week, obviously, because it's the off-season and we're coming into a new season. Um, it won't necessarily just be the Wednesday. It can fluctuate between the Wednesday and the Friday because we've got the college show. And hopefully, at some point, we'll get Roger back as well. Guys, as always, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. Um, have a great night, and I will Thanks, see Stuart. you Take next Wednesday. See you guys. Thursday. Bye. Thank you.